Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Business and Books with Molly McCord, where every week we look at various topics, insights, and information that will help you in developing your business. Now, I specifically work, or I should say more usually more specifically work with, um, tripping over my words, um, I usually work with entrepreneurs and authors who are operating from a level of consciousness with their business, meaning they understand there's something bigger at play here than just their work every day, just their nine to five. Although calling (laughs) any entrepreneur doesn't normally call their job a nine to five, you know, it's usually a nonstop working calendar. You're always on the go. So what I do is I help you with some of these bigger things in your business and in your books that you really want to get clear on and that you have a deeper understanding around what you're doing and you have a passion and you have this sense that it's bigger than you, whether that is through a service, uh, the overall concept of service uh, being of support to other people, guiding them. You understand that it's bigger than you. And so a lot of the topics that I share with you are about that. It's about the conscious business practices that we actively and mindfully employ and implement. Now, not everyone is like this, and so I know that some people will connect with this program and others will not. That's the same for everything that's out there these days. But I really like to make that clear because I I like to help people who have kind of already been through some stuff with their business or who who already know what they do not want and they have greater clarity on what they do want. So we look at all of that in this show. Now, please uh, be aware that you can go back and listen to previous episodes of this podcast. You can subscribe on uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Podbean, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And every week we have a new topic to look at and explore that I hope brings you good value and is timely for what you need. So be sure and check some of the previous episodes of this program because I've covered a lot of topics already and they might be exactly what you need. Now you'll find out more about me on the website mollymccord.online. I have been doing business in various forms uh, for years now. Um, Most recently, I have been an author. I've written 10 books, and I've done various projects that I don't want to bore you with. You can see uh, my bio on my website. And I've done a lot of one-on-one advising and guidance for entrepreneurs, authors, solopreneurs, and anyone else uh, who's looking to grow their business. So I've been that behind-the-scenes person for years now, but I haven't really promoted that. But what I want to do is to take those experiences and use them to help you. And that's what this show is about. So today we're talking about something so important, sales conversion tactics. Uh, Now, for those who are new, Sales conversion is when you are taking someone who is a lead, who is interested in what you do, and you are converting them into a sales, which means you are selling them something. They say yes to what you're selling. Uh, They say yes 
to one of your programs, your products, your book, anything, anything you're selling. Now, I'm talking about, uh, usually what I talk about is through online sales channels, but this applies to in-person and offline sales as well. And there's many different types of sales conversion tactics that have been used and implemented throughout the years, and it depends on the medium you're using. So it depends on if you are reading something in a magazine, you're um, advertising online, you're doing phone calls. Um, you know, here's a quick story for you. Back in the 90s, I worked at a catalog sales for a, a um, retailer, and I answered catalog orders on the phone and would take people's catalog sales. You know, they'd give me the number. I'd type in the number. <laughs> and then um, I'd put together their order, and then I would have something to upsell them, a special deal, something that wasn't advertised. And those were sales conversion tactics where you're getting someone to buy more, which is called an upsell. Or a, usually, well, let me take that back. An upsell is normally something that has a higher value, a higher price point. But in this situation, it was an upsell because you're adding more sales, more products to the one order. So we would do these special offers and, and additional add-ons to increase the overall price of their order. Um, so the special deals, that is one sales conversion tactic. And you see that a lot online these days. Special deal, limited time offer, act now, expires. You know, that's always been a part of a sales conversion process because people need a deadline. And that's how something stays important. It stays front and center. It gets them to act. That's just how we're wired. <laughs> That's just how human beings are wired. I mean, think about how many things you don't do unless there's a deadline. So having a deadline is a big sales conversion tactic. Um, but in this show, we're going to talk about the con, the hustle, and the exaggerations. These three tactics are paramount these days. And I want to describe each one for you so that you can be aware of them. You can observe and witness other people using these approaches. And more importantly, you can discern and decide what is right for you. Because I'm going to say flat out that it doesn't mean these tactics are bad or evil. <laughs> it doesn't mean they're horrible. They serve a purpose. And usually people do them because on some level they work. Okay, so just know that going in, but you have to decide for you what works for you. Like what really is the right fit for not only you, but for your clients, for your customers and your readers? What's the right fit for them? What do they respond to? And this probably is going to take some trial and error, trial and error. Some things work, some things don't. You get results here, you don't get any results here. You get a huge roar of applause over here and crickets and dead air over here, okay? And it's pretty normal to need to, to figure this out, to test it out, to see what does connect with your people. This is just part of the path 
of growing your business and bringing in these pieces is looking at what people want and what they respond to. So let's dive right in here to the con. Oh, man. I'm going to show you what I consider. Okay, so what I would say about the con is that it can be highly unconscious, okay? This is something where people are selling you maybe a high-priced item, a higher-priced item, and they know they have to work harder to get you to say yes. Okay, let's say this item costs like $4,000 or something, all right? And maybe you're at a conference and they're selling from the stage their latest program um, or offering or coaching service. Or there is a product that someone's trying to sell you. Maybe it's an experience, um, a retreat or something to go on with them. Maybe it's an in-person event. Take your pick. Now, in and of itself, these are amazing things um, that can be very valuable, and you know that it, it can be definitely worth the money to send four thousand dollars as an investment in something like that. It's not about the price tag. Let me be clear: it is not about the price. It's about the approach. And so, what I witnessed—that's actually—to <laughs> I, I, me, it makes my stomach turn. But let me, okay, let me just say that it's because the intention is that there is a con going on by some people to get you to do something through manipulation. And that's what conning is. It's manipulating. Whether that's manipulating the price to exaggerate the price, whether it's manipulating the information or the full experience, it's like, oh, we're going to do this, and then they don't tell you what's excluded, you know, or there's a lot of fine print, that you don't even see until after you've started making a payment. Um, the con has a level of manipulation in it. And this can be done emotionally. And the example that came to mind here that made my stomach turn was a woman who was selling her higher-priced retreats. And she was basically telling her audience that if you aren't able to invest this amount of money in this experience for a full weekend with me, then you're not doing a very good job of creating and manifesting abundance in your life. And so she was using emotional manipulation, I would say spiritual manipulation and guilt to get her audience to agree to what was actually a, a really overpriced uh, weekend event. And this kind of conning, I'm, I, I was straight up conning because it was manipulating people. And it was at a level of emotional manipulation where you shouldn't have to, you know, hit people over the head and make them feel bad to say yes to something you're selling. And that is a sales conversion tactic you need to be aware of. And you need to see, you know, what people are teaching around this. I've heard of some coaches out there who, who say, well, my program is worth so much money. You know, and I'm and like 50000 50 grand. They have these coaching programs for, that they sell for 50 grand. And they say that it's worth so much, it's so valuable that it is worth taking out a second mortgage on your home. You know, I would disagree with that. 
<laughs> but maybe there's a level of consumer that is so desperate that they don't see the, all the information or all the facts. Now, again, it's almost like the con is a manipulation of the audience, of the customer and of the readers, of, their, of, of what they have, of their resources and of their assets. And there is something that's not being disclosed or there's just these communications in place that are trying to get people to do something that isn't really, the information isn't presented in the fullest and best way. So the con is out there these days and it's online and it can happen in different venues. Like I said, I think it's, it's usually, when I've seen it, it's usually the higher price point items it's not to say that all higher price point items are overpriced, but you should understand the value of them and what you're getting in return, where you know, you're the smart consumer. Now, you as the entrepreneur, as the person who's selling a program, who's selling this product, you should have some higher priced offerings and items, but you have to check in with yourself and ensure that you're presenting the information and the rewards and the benefits to your client and customer in a way that is focused on what they're gaining from it, how you arrived, how, what the price justifies. You know, does it include lodging and meals and the full program and this special thing? You know, you, you lay all that out. And, excuse me, you also help people understand that what they're doing is is trusting you and it's coming from a, the right place. You're not giving them a guilt trip. You're not telling them, oh, you just need to manifest $4,000. What's wrong with you? Um, ridiculous, absurd, and yet it's done. It's done. Shaming people into making a purchase is going to have its ramifications. But that's what the con does. The con is about shaming or guilting or manipulating people into something. And what I've observed is that people might buy in, and then it's in hindsight that they realize they were swindled, they were conned, or that, oh, that wasn't what I thought it was. So keep an eye out for this. And, of course, keep an eye out for it within yourself. Uh, most people would never think to do this approach. Uh, but I wanted to point it out to you because I think if you see it in other people, you'll remember to steer clear of it too whenever you're trying to help someone move through something. The conning shows up when the seller is desperate. Okay? That's, that's what I've noticed. That's really what comes up here. So what is hustling? Oh boy, we hear this word everywhere these days. The hustle, the hustle, you got to hustle. Get out there and hustle. <laughs> it's uh, been used for a long time. And especially in this world of entrepreneurship, it's, it's real. You know, there's so much to do. It can be overwhelming. It can be too much at times. Um, it's that sense of, got to move fast. I got to move fast. Hustling 
is essentially the mentality that you have to go big and run fast to get instant results. And this happens a lot with launches. And that's great because it can work really well with the launch. The hustle can be very good if that's who you are. Not everyone operates in that manner. Not everyone wants to go fast and go big and go quick and dominate. It's very masculine. It's very ego-driven. It gets results. Um, it can work. But I believe you have to check in with yourself and what is that to you? Now, hustling started as, you know, street slang and as, you know, hustling to get business, hustling to make money, and uh, maybe it was selling stuff on the streets or selling stuff in, a, in the market. It really got that kind of a go, go, go because you were working with people in your local neighborhood and local environment. And, that, and it spread to be a very big online thing. And it was kind of like this badge of honor where if you're hustling, you must must be doing something right and you must really be successful and you're getting things done and just look at you go. Uh, But hustling for sales conversion um, is interesting because, again, it's about speed. And you can absolutely do a launch of a program, a book, a, a product, what have you, and have big numbers. But what I want to warn you about, or at least plant in your brain, hustling does not take the place of developing relationships. And as soon as they arrive, that is as fast as people will go. They will come in quickly and they will leave quickly. They don't have any attachment to you. They just came for the product. They came for the um, the sale. I mean, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, those are hustling. Those are examples of hustling, right? You're like, what's the best deal? What's the best price I can get on this? And you could click around to all these different websites, compare, compare, compare. You make a sale. You know, you make a purchase. And then you get your item, but you don't remember who you bought it from. With hustling, the consumer is really focused on the price. And so with hustling, it can wear you out and wear you thin. So this can be a sales conversion tactic that you use maybe once a year or a few times a year. It depends on your business. you know. And, and, and hey, you can use it for every book launch because that's how you get things rolling is with a bigger book launch. But you have to look at, well, what do you want long-term? Because hustle can be short-term when people are only focused on the price and the price expires and the deal is over. So understand that hustle is a short-term sales conversion tactic where you're doing something that is all about perhaps generating a lot of money quickly. Great, do it. You know, that's a wonderful thing to have is, you know, a lot of money coming in, a lot of sales. I I think that's an exciting part about being able (laughs) to run your own business. It's an adrenaline rush when you have customers coming in the door. Um, However, it can be exhausting if you rely on that as your only sales conversion approach. 
So just know that that's what it is and um, to use it wisely. I really think that's important, to use it wisely and to know that it's meant to work for you and you don't need to exhaust yourself by implementing it all the time. The third sales conversion tactic is exaggeration. Exaggeration. This also is a big one these days, and it's used all across the board. Um, it's used in social media, for email lists, for sales, anywhere there's numbers. Okay, let's just call it like it is. Anywhere there's numbers, they can be exaggerated these days. The exaggeration happens with numbers that sound too good to be true. And it happens when you don't know everything going on behind the scenes. For example, I've seen Facebook ads about coaches. And I'm not even clear what kind of coaches they are. I don't know if they're life coaches or business coaches. I I don't even know. But there, for a while, was a uh, certain ads that would come up about how I made a million dollars in my first year, and I'm going to show you how to do it too. Now, anyone who makes a million dollars in their first year is clearly doing something right. I mean, that's exceptional. But what I wonder is your first year of what? Because it takes time to build up a coaching program. It takes time to build up a client list. So if you made your first million in one year, you already had a lot of clients or connections of your target audience. Now that doesn't just show up, or does it? So what, what came about is that this actually was an exaggeration because this person was connected with a mastermind group of hundreds of other people who bought and promoted her coaching program in a year. So it wasn't her first year of business. It was her first year of just putting this program out there through her mastermind network and offering it to all these people. Great. You know, that's fantastic. But it's not the but the exaggeration comes about because it wasn't the full story. It wasn't her first year in business. And she had hundreds of people supporting the advertising and sharing of this program. Those are important things to know. And for some of these mastermind groups, you have to pay thousands of dollars to join them in the first place to be a member of the club. And you all agree to promote each other's stuff. Great. But there's, there's things that are built into that. So, again, I feel like the exaggerations happen when the full story and the, all the information isn't presented up front. So when you see someone, and I've seen, I've seen this many times, this whole I made six figures in a year, um, I made a million dollars in a year. 
And yes, people can do that. In fact, that's, that's a great motivation for doing our work is to see that you can make huge amounts of money and you can have those results. Um, but they're not giving all the information about how it came about or what happened in the background or the support they had. Because a lot of people, what they want to do is receive all of that praise for their accomplishment. Instead of saying, I made a million dollars thanks to hundreds of people who shared my program, um, it was just, I made it on my own. So not all the information is presented. Exaggerations happen a lot these days by experts who want you to buy what they're selling. And so it's the person who is making something sound way too simple or way too good to be true without describing the work that goes into it, the mistakes, the failures, the disappointments, the challenges, all of that, all of that. When you are looking to implement a good, healthy sales conversion tactic for your offerings, be authentic, be real. You don't have to exaggerate to demonstrate that you're good at what you do or valuable or that you're making an impact. You don't have to exaggerate it. At some point, people really question it. And here's an example of people questioning it. One of the ways um, that people will, will get consumers to convert is by adding bonuses to all their offerings, like a bonus if you buy my book, you get a free course, or a bonus if you buy my program and you get these six free bonus items, and maybe it's, I don't even know, you know, coaching programs and this, that, and the other thing. And each of these bonus items has a, a price point, and you're getting it for free. And one that I saw mentioned in a group was the bonus was worth $50,000. And I just laughed, and someone made the comment, come on, guys, when is this going to stop? $50,000? Are you kidding me? Says who? It was kind of like, where are you getting this this value from? Like, how can you say it's $50,000? And if it is $50,000, why are you giving it away for free? So there's this, <laughs> there's been this huge exaggeration that's a little bit over the top right now of, of the value of certain things. So you have to decide when you are looking to convert people, yes, you can have bonuses, and yes, you can add in additional free perks and gift with purchase on you know, a free download, but if you exaggerate the value of it, people are going to pick up on that. You don't want them laughing at you. Um, you don't want them questioning you and whether or not you're trustworthy. You want to be very clear and, and stable in your numbers and what you're offering. The exaggerations tend to reveal themselves at some point. Now, in terms of proceeding ahead with sales conversion tactics, I think the best thing you can do is to really get clear on the benefits of what you're offering people and making it relatable to their lives. And that's why the power of story is really 
what will help people say yes or purchase what you're selling. Sales days need to have something of benefit and of value to the client, to the customer, yes. But they look but people tend to look for a little bit more. They look for something more personal, more authentic, uh more emotional, more like you get that sense of I'm really connecting with something on a deeper level here and that's what the story conveys. So story is one of the best sales conversion tactics you can use. And it's simply the story of why you made something or why it was put together or how it's, this idea was sparked for you. And they want to know how that came about or how you, know, how you received that information or how you put it together or why you thought of this product. And then how you can take it out there in a way that benefits them. Conversion is really, sales conversion is really about connecting what you have to their needs and their benefits. But these days people look for even more under the surface. And that's what story does. It gives them more information about what they're buying, what they're connecting with. It helps them understand it in a deeper way. So I look back here on the conning, the hustling, and the exaggerations. And, again, you know, you can use those effectively if they connect with you. But what people really want is just more information about what you're selling, and a story will do that. A story is really the most powerful sales conversion tactic there is because it gives people so much information. And as you're putting together your own offerings to sell, it can be difficult at first to talk about them. And so a story helps you formulate the message and what you're here to say and what you want people to know about it. It just makes it more conversational. So I really want that to be your prime takeaway from this show Because understanding that is going to help you focus on what you need to do. You don't need to con people. You don't need to convince them on the price uh, initially. You know, you're building relationships. You're bringing people in. You're understanding their needs and what you can do to help them, assist them. And if you're offering it in a story format or form, that is going to be more conversational and easier for them to connect with what you're selling. And not only is it's like once you understand the power of story, you're going to notice it everywhere, everywhere. Conferences, events, book launches, speakers. You're going to see all these, you're going to start to hear stories and how people take a story and connect it to what they're selling. And it's because it works. So please know that there's a lot going on these days with sales and and it's always going to be changing and we'll see new approaches and new tactics emerge. And you'll figure out what works for you. Uh, Maybe you already have that 
knowing this, but it will need to evolve or be refreshed and updated. hope that you, you see that when you're connecting with people and building those relationships from a place of authenticity, from trust, from understanding what matters for them and what matters for you, you're really building a solid foundation for your work. And that's what's going to pay off in the long run. So I hope this has brought you some good information and good clarity. Be sure and check out my previous episodes of this podcast where I talk about things such as the comparison game. That was last week's show about why is everyone doing better than me. Um, I did an earlier show about three different types of sales leads. I did another episode about failing fast and why that is essential to understand what that means, um, and a bunch more. So please check those out. Otherwise, I'll see you back here next Monday when I have a whole new episode and topic to share with you. And thank you so much for connecting. Please check out my website, online, and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.